Welcome to Unlock Your Mindset podcast with me, Steve Rawlinson. Get ready to open the door to the world of business, entrepreneurship, and the art of achieving remarkable success. We'll focus on emotional, intellectual, social, and adversity, and how each of these traits are crucial to unlocking your growth mindset. The journey to success starts here, so let's go. Today, I'm talking to Pete Watson, CEO at Atlas Cloud, who are an award-winning IT managed service provider Through his business speaking and mentoring, Pete uses his experience to help SMEs scale faster with fewer risks. Pete, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks, Steve. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. Good, good. So, obviously, I've probably not done you justice there by introducing yourself. Do you want to summarize who you are and what you do, and then we can uh, get into underneath the brain of Pete Watson? (laughs) Yeah, sure. So, my name is Pete Watson. I guess currently, and certainly locally, I'd I'd be known for my involvement with Atlas Cloud. I'm currently the chief exec. Well, I've been Atlas for about 12 years. In terms of my journey to here, how did I get here? First business, eight years old, buying toys and jokes on the Keyside market. Got suspended from school because I couldn't justify why I had £20 notes rammed in all my pockets. But that, that was soon dealt with. But I, I guess that kind of reflects the state of the education system in, in entrepreneurialism. I moved to Manchester when I was 18 to get away from home and did did a course at university and then did a lot of time traveling, partying, used to go to Miami, Ibiza, Rio, a bit of a wild time. Um, During that time, I worked in the recruitment sector, doing all sorts of wonderful things. And then I got to about kind of back in my 20s and I decided to to go back to school. Never really that academic, but I felt I needed to do an MBA. I know you and I have spoken about this before, Steve, about one of the things in in life you wanted to tick off. And and I also felt the same kind of back in my 20s. Where I am today, leading Atlas Cloud on an exciting journey. We are UK-based predominantly, but we, we service customers all over the world. And we predominantly do managed services in, in IT, a lot to the recruitment sector, but all sort of other businesses around around the UK as well. And it's a, a you know, Atlas Cloud, great business. We use their security for our recruitment company as well. So I'll, I'll give you a shout out there, Pete. <laughs> um, right, look, let's go back to the start, right? So... Obviously, we've got similar backgrounds in terms of not being academic and probably going to university and doing MBAs later on in life. Let's go right back to the the beginning. Pete Watson, 15 years old. What's going on? What's going on in his mind? Does he know that one day he's going to be a successful entrepreneur or is he, you know, is he a bit of a waster? Tell us. Tell us about the journey. (laughs) Uh, I think at 15, I was starting to feel like I was a bit of a waster. So back in those days, I, I guess I had the dream of many a Geordie lad of being a professional footballer. Were you any good? I was pretty good. So I was in a school of excellence when I was a younger lad. School team, Saturday league team, watched by various scouts. Probably never really put enough into it to really make the step change. So then when I got to 15, I started hanging around with different people, got knuckled down at school, and then prepared myself for kind of life in Manchester. So I, I'd say... Many a school reports said easily distracted, but I guess when it comes to things I'm more interested in, like business, making money, ideas, opportunities, I'm much more focused in, in that type of world. What did you get expelled for? I didn't get expelled, it was suspended. It was for, I, I basically had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds from selling these toys and jokes at school. And they didn't believe. And they thought you were a big time kingpin drug dealer or something. Uh, well, that would have been rope at eight years old, <laughs> being a, a drug dealer. But um, certainly they couldn't understand how you could make that kind of money. But I, I was selling to pretty much every kid in the school. Well, so you've got the entrepreneurial flair from a young age. So let me ask you this. 
Do you believe that entrepreneurs are born or are entrepreneurs made? I think they can be made. I think there's certainly an innate level of it. also depends on the definition of entrepreneur as well, because you get business leader running a business, people class that as an entrepreneur. And you also get people that create concepts and innovation that finds a gap or an opportunity in a market that either has never existed before or is not being executed by many or not being executed in a certain way, certain vertical, whatever. So I, I think that there's different plays on that. But for me, I think there's an innate something within everybody. Not everybody discovers it. Well, let's talk about that then. Because my concept, I'm doing a, as you know, I'm doing a master's in psychology and business at the minute, which is probably harder than me MBA, if I'm honest. But one of the things that's come from that is these four traits around what I believe successful business leaders, entrepreneurs have. And that's a focused around an EQ, IQ, SQ, and AQ. And it goes back to, I thought I came up with a concept, but it actually goes back to stoicism age around the psychology of living a fruitful and meaningful life is all focused around the mindset. So let's get underneath Pete Watson's mindset. Let's go back to 18 years old. No, in fact, let's go past that. Let's go to 21. You graduate from Manchester University. At that stage, did Pete Watson believe that one day he was going to be a CEO of a, a multi-million pound tech business or an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur, business leader? And if the answer is yes, why? What was it in your mind that made you think that that was going to be the case? So, so from an early age, I've had no doubt I'd end up being my own boss eventually. And I, I'm definitely now unemployable, having you know spent a period of time in my 20s working for other people. So uh, did I ever think I'd run a tech company? Probably not. Did I ever think I'd run my own company? Definitely. Was I mature enough at that time at 21? Probably not. Still got a lot of things to learn, you know, spend a lot of time finding good people, listening to good people. One of the businesses I work for, I always used to, you know, try and find the best people in the different offices around the country, spend a day with those people and learn the special source and then see how I could apply that my way of work and just so I could accelerate my development. And that's it. That's obviously a, a key thing and a natural ability that entrepreneurs do have where they can put themselves into situations and get the best out of that situation. And if you focus around the aspect of the social continent, which is, you know, can you put yourself in, a, in an environment where you understand socially what's going on there? Do you feel that that's a natural thing for you or is that something that you've learned over time? that's one of my most natural skills. So if I was to walk into an environment where there was different personalities, people, whatever you want to say, my first thing is to listen, to weigh up and to get a good feel before I decide how I'm going to communicate in that environment rather than other people sometimes go in and, you know, it's very much handshake, very formal. I try to weigh up what's going on and then I, I apply it to the context in more of a chameleon style. Yeah, no, I've I've seen that at first. And, and okay, so look, you, you graduate from uni, you fall into recruitment, great industry. Um, <laughs> why, you, so get into recruitment, tell us about that. Because I think recruitment teaches entrepreneurs some unbelievable skills in terms of being able to have a high level of empathy and emotional intelligence and the, the SQ that we're talking about. So where were you in recruitment? So I applied for a job as a trainee business manager, so it's never in, intentional as I think, you know, probably 
half the working world is working recruitment for some period straight out of university because you know it, it's it's easy to get into and it's easy to earn good money quickly. But I remember that job was the hardest job I've ever had to this day. Twenty one in a dungeon, no windows, fifty decision maker sales calls a day. You know, you, you had the whole hour of your lunch break, and then you you know you were fast asleep by seven o'clock in an evening. So it wasn't the party lifestyle. It, it took a lot of gearing up, going from four hours a week at university to you know sixty hours. How long did you stay in recruitment for? Until um, I was twenty eight. So started about twenty two, so six years. And if someone came and asked you as a mentor and as a as someone who inspires the new generation of business leaders coming through, what your takeaways were from the recruitment sector? What were the key things that you learned from being in that industry for seven years that's elevated you to where you are today? Yeah, well, recruitment is a sales job. So being very planned about what you're going to do the next day. So I know exactly what I'm going to do Monday to Friday by the time I was at my desk on a Monday morning and planned who I'm targeting, who I'm going to call. And I think even now, you know, I still have this rule I've always had since recruitment, which I call 10 before 10. So I always make 10 contact calls into customers or prospects or somebody and you haven't spoken to for a while. So I'm starting my day on the front foot and I've done something proactive and positive, which is what has drove kind of the sales machine within Atlas. I totally agree. I mean, what you've done with Atlas is, is, is unbelievable. Let's look at the key things within your mind and your process that allows you to constantly keep elevating yourself. What's your morning ritual, Pete? Tell us what, what's the first thing Pete Watson does. Time you wake up, what's that ritual that you have every single morning? Uh, well, I get up normally about six o'clock and I'm not the first person in my house, but uh, I've tried the 5am thing and it doesn't quite work for me. So I think I was going to say you're a late riser there. You're probably, uh, when I see your Instagram, you're already at the gym. <laughs> uh, I'm probably slightly I do. But uh, I have certain things I have every morning. So I have certain vitamins, etc. I over have uh, Yerba Mat AT at the start of the day. I start to get focused on what I'm going to do. I normally go and walk the dogs. I like to get a bit of sunlight in my face mm-hmm. within the first hour of the day. And then I'll, I've got a gym in the house, so I'll, I'll go and work out. I think everybody should do exercise every day because I think, you know, if you f- focus on your body, your mind will come next. And then your mind will focus your execution in terms of what, what you want to do in your day. Um, but I'm very structured. I know exactly what I'm doing from six to eight o'clock, which is part of kind of get myself geared up for the day, get my kids to school, and then I'm off and I'm at work and I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And that may take me anywhere in the country, really. It's funny, isn't it? Because when you, and, and probably like yourself, I've met some of the UK's most successful entrepreneurs, you know, and obviously with this podcast, getting to meet even more of them. There's similar traits for every single entrepreneur and, and successful business leader. Let me ask you this. In terms of your motivation, what motivates Pete Watson now, sitting at the top of the food chain at Atlas Cloud? What would you say your core motivations are? and Why do you still do what you do? I'm not a big believer in the word motivation because that's something that's temporary. I'm a big believer in discipline and the grind. What motivates me? It's a way of life. That's how I operate my day. I don't sit back and say, I need motivation today. I don't feel like doing this. The, the stuff just gets done. It's in a planned way and it's all aligned with what I'm trying to achieve. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because again, I'm the same. You know, if someone said to me, what motivates me? I would I would probably turn around and give the, the shitty stance possible and say my daughter and my son. It's not the reason that entrepreneurs and, and certainly myself and it sounds like you as well we do what we do it's not because of motivation it's because of discipline it's because of that kind of drive and that tenacity and that ambition to just push yourself daily in terms of your achievements at this you know you're still a young man in terms of your achievements what's what's the biggest achievement you're most proud of to date 
It's a, it's a good question, but I think that they're all things that build you over time. So I've won awards for different things, particularly with Atlas, around, you know, support, growth, all that type of thing. Became a father, you know, that does his own set of challenges, you know, very, very proud dad. Got an MBA, I've done marathons. I think with, with all those things, every time you push yourself over a new hurdle, it creates extra capacity to push yourself and do more. So I don't think there's one thing. I think I, I like who I am as a person. I'm building that all the time. And it's by pushing myself outside my comfort zone and do things that, you know, my five years ago I thought was impossible. Where I am today, you know, it's looking at what I can really do that goes beyond it. At Atlas, we have a CEO's challenge and we used to, and I think I've probably made it harder and harder every year. So it started off being a tough mudder where I'd get the, get the people to do 10K and it was all good fun. Now it's kind of 20 mile runs and 200 obstacles and the, the number starts to get smaller and smaller. So within that, you know, you're really pushing even the people that you work with boundaries. But, uh, you know, that, I think that that's the, the culture and I like the work and that, that's the man I am. Sounds good. Aspirations. What are your aspirations? Where, you know, CEO, Atlas Cloud, what, what's Pete Watson's aspirations right now? I guess my aspirations, I've, I've, Atlas is my kind of main purpose from a business point of view at the minute I've also started getting into property so I guess what my aim is in the next kind of two to three years is to get the point that those businesses don't need me and then to do more things around seeing the world traveling the world create the lifestyle I want where I can travel and work and play and be a good dad all in a very coordinated way where at the minute you know it's still I haven't got that work-life balance right yet because I'm still well you're growing and scaling a business so it's never going to be you know, it's not like that, is it, at the end of the day? It's just, you know, you're growing and scaling a business. You have to kind of deal with what's there right now, and that's balancing plates between your family, your personal life, and your business, and, and obviously now your, your property ventures. Look, okay, so we've talked about your career. we talked about your graduating, and you've obviously outlined your rituals and what makes you get up in the morning and push yourself but why are you like that? What's the why behind that? Because let me just explain something. So there's individuals out there that they're not like you. They're not like me. They're not like, I guess, the other guests that are coming onto the show. And what I'm trying to do with Unlock Your Mindset is get to the core of what that actually is. So you simplify in your words. What's your why? What 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 drives you to get going? Because it's, it, it's something, there's something there. Yeah. I'm not from a family of entrepreneurs, a family of business people. Mm-hmm. We didn't have loads of excess money when I was growing up. And what drives me is I want to be able to do and go wherever I want, whenever I want. In my kind of family environment when I was growing up as a kid, if you've ever read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, very, oh, yeah. very, very good example of me and my brother. So, you know, my brother is very much the same as everybody that we grew up with. Lovely bloke and, you know, be yeah. happy to go for a beer with him, all that type of stuff. That was never really enough for me, the, the travel and the world and, and making money and living an exciting lifestyle and going to meet interesting people, reading, self-development. So w- what drives me is where I was born into if I could have been happy existing in that world, but I'm much happier having charted my own course of which is an evolving path. Um, you know, I've tread some of it, but there's a lot more to tread and that dynamically changes as I learn more things in life. Where does it come from though? Because I'm the same as you, right? And uh, and I know you know about my background. I've got two brothers. All three of us are completely different. And obviously I drived and pushed myself and I'm trying to understand and it's, you have to open up inside yourself to really try and understand where that comes from because we've had similar kind of upbringings. Maybe you can help me in terms of, 
I know your upbringing. So what is it inside there? If you've never experienced it in terms of traveling, having the nice houses, drinking nice wine, eating at the best restaurants, wearing the nice clothes, if you've never experienced that as a child, then why did you want that? What was that? I think I could see a lot of those things, but I remember, uh, you know, my mum still laughs about this now. I guess I never really felt like I fitted in. And that was right through school. I kind of didn't think this was for me and all those types of everything. So it's a, it's a place of belonging. And now what I realised is when I've met like-minded people that I wasn't this unique person that was very different minds. I was just hung around with the wrong people. And when you hang around with the wrong people, you know, with no ambitions, no ideas, guess what? You know, you don't live a very fulfilling life. Well, there is that famous saying that if you want to know what your future looks like, show me who you're hanging around with right now. You don't really see this in your 20s, but in, yeah. in your 40s now and you look around, and you, you, I've still got some of my closest friends from school, but they're still in the same place they were in 20 years ago. And that's probably fine for them because that's where they want to be. But what we're trying to understand in this podcast is the people who didn't have that upbringing and haven't been exposed to that. It's what drives them through their kind of natural ability or something that they're born with, that they just want more. They fuck it. I'm not going to sit here and just accept the cards that I've been dealt. I'm going to I'm gonna change the cards, and that's what you've done. I, I think that's just in you. I think it's innate. I think you just have that. Yeah. For me, my dad passed away when I was 20, 20 just turning 25. Were you close to your dad? Uh, not really, because he lived away on the oil rigs for years, so we became, you know, not not as engaged, but you know, got on very well. Just in as a child, bringing up is is a is a young young boy. Were you close to your dad? As close as any other father and son were, but as he started working away, he became an expat. You just, you know, you, you drift from each other. He doesn't really know exactly what's going on in your life anymore. But I remember when that happened; it was a bit of a tragedy for the family, of course. But that was when I decided it's time to go on the entrepreneurial journey. Now it's time to stop pissing about. Because I guess you get that comfort of your dad, leave it, losing your dad. You know, if anything goes wrong, I've got my dad in the background. Mm-hmm. When you're on your own and there's nobody to turn to. And it was just you, your brother and your sister at this point, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And your level, and that adversity around that and the, the feeling of losing your dad at such a young age. I mean, fucking hell, mate. That, was, that must have been brutal. How, yeah. how do you get through that? How do you, and, and I know obviously other things that you've faced throughout the years as well. How do you get through that? How do you face adversity? head on so you know with any challenge in life you try to rationalize it you try to think through it you've got to process it otherwise you'll carry it with you i think i'm pretty good at having a kind of objective mindset of stuff even for something really emotional like losing a loved one but work's always been a savior for me in terms of throwing myself into something to distract myself but i've also you know i'd say that's one of my skills a lot of people come to me when they have their problems because i've got big ears and a smaller mouth although everybody tells me i've got a big mouth as well because i I like to think through and process things, good or bad, because that reflection helps with future decision-making. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think we were talking about this before kicking off this episode, around that kind of adversity. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, this is my opinion. You can obviously train and teach a level of intellectual intelligence. And as you grow up and the, the foundations of who you become outlines that emotional intelligence, you know, if someone's upset or if someone's crying or, you know, the, the difference between right and wrong and that emotional element of being able to talk to pretty much anyone and have a high level of empathy. I believe that that's from the foundations of a child and that social element can be taught 
and that's something that you know it's just you're either not taught sorry that's the wrong word but you're either you're either sociable you're either an introvert or an extrovert and correct myself you can't teach that that's just either something that's there but the aq element the adversity element is how do you deal with shit and can you deal with shit and do you run away from a storm or do you run into a storm my belief is that that is just something that is there and it comes from a young age where maybe you've been involved in competitive sports and you know you've lost your game or you know you've lost a loved one at a young age or you know you've fallen out with a best friend or just shit that general shit when you're younger you think everything's a drama isn't it like my daughter shit if she stops talking to her friend that's adversity to it <laughs> but for you obviously do you believe that aq element is there, it's a natural thing, or do you think it's from your personal experiences? Is that through that high level of AQ that you've got? Is that through, I guess, you going through shit when you were growing up and looking at your life and thinking that you didn't belong and then losing your dad and all of that? Like, what's your view on it? There's challenges all through life, but I always have this kind of broad brush decade view of the world. In your 20s, you're trying to be something you're not. Yeah. In your 30s, you're not really sure who you are. Yeah. In your 40s, which I'm 43 now, I'm extremely comfortable. But what you do get in your 40s is that ability to step back and realise, you know, when it's good, accept it, go the flow. When it's bad, accept it, take a step back, go the flow, because it, it ebbs and flows. Do you know, honestly, mate, it's funny because, again, you know, as we go through this podcast and we interview individuals who are, you know, successful and, and ambitious and tenacious and they, they are where they are in life, that trait there of always staying grounded, it doesn't matter if things are going good or if things are going bad, they have that natural ability to just say, this is where I'm at, I'm not going to focus on, you know, I'm not I'm not going to get overexcited because things are going to be amazing because they just understand that shit's going to come and it's like, how do they deal with that? And it's because they're focused on the here and now rather yeah. than getting overexcited. Yeah, I totally, I, I agree with that. And I totally believe in that. In in terms of like your future ambitions then, when does it stop for Pete Watson? What's the top of the mountain look like for you? I don't know what the top of the mountain looks like and I don't know which mountain it is yet. What I do know is my journey that I'm on at the minute is to get to a point of financial freedom where I'm open to opportunities, I'm open to life experiences, I'm open to what the world's got for me. And that path won't be something I have a clear view of this time. What I am absolutely focused on at the minute is executing the business I've got, yeah. doing a good job, being a good dad. And, you know, I just believe that with the right people and do the right things, then the right things will come to me. I totally, totally agree. And that's, uh, that's a, a lovely way to look at things as well. Let me ask you this question. Pete Watson, 10 years old, sitting in his bedroom, gets a tap on the shoulder by Pete Watson at 43. What are you going to say to him? I do sometimes question, I had such a great time in my 20s, it's difficult to not love those years, but could I really accelerate my career if I uh, wasn't Peter Pan, to mention your brother's name? Well, you're 40 years old, mate. You became a CEO, it's how old? Uh, 30. Well, you're in the 1%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, you don't, you so don't how, much could you, how much could you have elevated even further than that? You're in the 1% because you became a CEO at 30 years old. So what, what are you saying to a younger Pete Watson? Um... I think uh, if I had the mindset of taking a step back that I've got in my 40s out of my 20s, I might have made some different decisions in life. But I've enjoyed my life. I've enjoyed the journey. You know, there's lots of things to come. What are you giving yourself in, in terms of the advice that you're giving a young 
Pete Watson? What what three what three core things you're going to say to uh, to a young Pete Watson? Stay away from dickheads. Yeah, that's a really good bit of advice, mate. Get a plan, write it down, commit yeah. to it, and don't take life too seriously. It's fun. Mate, they're good takeaways. I, t- I totally agree with you know not taking yourselves too seriously and and enjoying life because at the end of the day we are only here once and when that journey ends do you want to look back on your life and go what if did I live did I exist or did I push myself and break the boundaries I think it's clear to the listeners that you know what your view is on that mate well yours kind of phrase too don't you it's uh, you only live once but if you do it right once is enough yeah I totally agree mate I totally agree listen biggest tip for listeners right so in terms of advice from someone who's doing amazing in life, 43, became a CEO of a massive tech company at 30 years old. What advice, what what generic advice would you give to individuals that want to be inspired by you? Get up early. Yeah. Exercise. Have the mindset to know where you think that you already are, where you're going. So really be clear on that and build back the path you're going to get there and, you know, work your ass off because it's on you. Nobody else is going to come and do it for you. Nobody else is going to do it when the dark days are there and you've got to get up at five o'clock, six o'clock in my case, Steve, five o'clock in yours on a December morning and get out. you just got to do it because they say culture eats strategy for breakfast, but discipline eats motivation for breakfast too. I totally agree. I think they're good takeaways for the listeners. And in terms of what you've achieved in your life, Pete, and, and where you are right now, I think you inspire many business leaders and young individuals around the Northeast and if they want to reach out to you and they, they want some advice from you, where can they reach you, Pete? Yeah, that's totally cool. I mean, I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn. I, I've try, as I've got older, I've also tried to reduce my uh, social footprint to uh, keep myself focused because you can spend a lot of time getting distracted by those things. But anybody can get me on LinkedIn, pete.watson at atlascloud.co.uk. Always happy you've got time for anybody that's trying to improve themselves or get somewhere or have some questions or, or some advice. Love that, Pete. And thanks very much for coming on the podcast, mate. Really appreciate it. And yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing what's next for you over the coming years, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me, Steve. Cheers. Thanks very much for listening to the podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to Unlock Your Mindset with me, Steve Rawlingson.